Welcome to Bullcaster, a crypto talk show with the most exciting guests and an incredible co-host, Konstantin Kogan. He's by artist Bipu, who I actually was honored to meet him multiple times in different you know, events. And that was created a historical moment when it was sold for $69 million at Christie auction house and making a you know significant milestone in the integration of NFTs in the world. And this single uh, NFT sale not only showcased the potential of digital assets and like, you know, an entire NFT space, but highlighted that the transformative power of artists who can come out and sell not only something that is already popular from, you know, very popular artists, but something that uh, can be created by a person, you know, like who's just ta super talented. So with this kind of uh, reminder, I just want to ask you, time, like, you know, you know, what what have you started, like, you know, to become involved in this industry? So yeah, it, it, people is kind of like the uh, Web three NFT version of like I don't know, famous artist Michelangelo or something, but everything he touches turns to gold. But yeah, I I got involved in in Web three and NFTs and cryptocurrency. I want to say. I mean, time kind of flies in this space, but uh, I, almost four years ago, started trading crypto, kind of like moved from stocks to cryptocurrency. And then um, NFTs really caught my eye, just kind of the technology, the blockchain technology. And really, it was the cryptocurrency that, that brought me here. And uh, a friend of mine had told me about you know, a couple of these projects that were popping up around Board Ape Yacht Club. I wasn't involved in Board Ape, but some projects that came after that I had gotten involved in and I had already been on Discord with like the gaming community. So it kind of all tied together and a project dropped. It was called Basefish Mafia. I have some of the stuff behind me, but that was one of the first projects. I want to say, you know, 2021 and you know, I was there at Mint. I had got involved very heavily in the community and they were looking for uh, someone to do their social media. And that was kind of my first jumping off point into Web3. Uh, I started building, helping that community and putting on events. And I started to get on podcasts to, to promote the, you know, the project. Um, and then you know, I, someone had told me I should start my own show. So uh, that is how NFT and chill came to be in September of, no, no, I'm sorry, November of 2021. So, and then it just blew up like two months in, it was in like the top 5% of all podcasts. And yeah, I've, I've built a couple of communities in, in the space. Uh, and, you know, years later, we're still here. So and that's amazing. I think that's uh, your dedication shows that, you know, regardless of the markets, people like you uh, are building and trying to deliver, which is very important. It's very easy to do it when everything goes like perfectly and smoothly when people are making money, but it's much harder when we're two years in a downtrend and, and still we have to, you know, continue. So given the different range of our viewers and of your viewers also, like, can you provide a simplified explanation? What is an NFT for you? So an NFT, like in the simplest form, is just it's a digital asset. Uh, it is basically just a unique line of code. 
uh, that represents really anything. It can represent a piece of artwork. It can represent a document. Um, if you look at what Ethereum's doing with um, what is, what is what is that? He named it after a, a video game. Uh, I can't remember, but it, it's it's where you can give someone the coin, but they can't. Um, it's I'm blanking right now. But any anyway, it can represent virtually anything. It's it's a digital asset that's unique to its own line of code. That's the simplest form. Now, if you would if you would go on a deeper level, right? You know, for more advanced audience, like what what a non fungible token can represent for people, like you know, who want to explore, let's say, tokenization. So yeah, in a deeper sense. It can be, you know, a like like artwork is kind of what most people know it as. You know, NFTs you see all this art, board apes, people, but it can be a membership. It can be, you know, it can start to be like, let's say, something unique like a Rolex or even like your car. You know, it can be a certificate to verify something. Uh, it can be medical records. It can be, you know, passports, documents. I mean, where it's like safe on the blockchain and it's also publicly verified to where anybody can see it. Uh, you know, I mean, it really, the sky's the limit. Um, but we've, so what we've seen so far really is the artwork the membership stuff, the, um, you know, DAO tokenization to where you're a member of a DAO. And it's uh, coming back to the reality of this, like right now, this moment, as we talk with you, like in, in the September 1st, 2023, right? Um, you know, we call this Snoop Dogg, who's famously participated in NFT projects. So like he said that every great industry has a downfall. So the crypto winter, as we experience it right now, is, has been prolonged and its effects have also been felt in the realm of NFTs. Uh, the question to you is, could you elaborate on the perspective regarding the future of NFTs and highlight the aspects that you find are more exciting? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, NFTs and crypto kind of go hand in hand in terms of value because it is essentially a token on a certain blockchain but, you know, a couple of years ago during like, you know, the real gold rush summer where NFTs blew up. I mean, you saw board API clubs were selling for millions of dollars, uh, crypto punks. So even just I remember minting if you minted a project, you could make five times your money. And then the market got incredibly saturated. Uh, everybody kind of just started making these cash grabs and it really diluted the market it diluted what nfts were about and now it's just hey let's ge generate you know put some artwork and whether it be like an animal or what have you into a generator and we can make a bunch of money so that diluted the market um so it, Artwork, I think, will always have a place in Web3 because there are names and, you know, there is a rarity factor to it. And then you might have, you know, the historical side, like the first, you know, hundred projects that actually came out might be worth something uh, someday. But it needs to be more than that. 
um, you know, it, it needs to be practical. It needs to be something that people can get value from, uh, you know, the everyday person who's not behind a laptop or tech savvy, um, like voting. Voting is a great tool that can be done on the blockchain to where it it, it can not only be simple, but it can be safe to where it's, you know, there's not fraud happening. Like, you know, like with these elections we've had the past eight years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's one uh, use case, but I mean, there's, there's so many, Um, like I said, with Rolex, you know, you go to buy a Rolex on the secondhand market, you don't know if it's real or fake, but if Rolex itself minted an NFT for every unique watch that they created, then you would, you know, if the person didn't have the NFT, that Providence. was publicly verified, it, then it's not a real Rolex. I mean, the sky's the limit, medical records, all of that. Correct. And let's talk about like another like trend that's uh, artificial intelligence. So AI gains prominence and the world of NFTs uh, is evolving too. So maybe could you point out and discuss how AI is currently impacting NFTs and transforming the creation and the validation uh, of overall? Uh, interaction with digital artworks yeah so you know artificial intelligence is definitely a double-edged sword you know you could go you could go with the whole like terminator thing where it might end the world and humanity one day but or you could you know it take it could take people's jobs or it could dilute the market where people are generating art with artificial intelligence and anybody can become an artist because the artificial intelligence itself doesn't own the artwork the person hitting the button does but i you know artificial intelligence for with me what i use it for is like content creation if um you know when i create an episode for nft and chill or if i'm doing uh, a social media stuff and it just gets stale and repetitive if you use artificial intelligence in you know just you know the best way i think you you can just get the ideas from it um, you know, generate, don't, don't, you know, copy it word for word, but it can help in content creation in, in a number of ways. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, right now it seems we're getting a lot of AI generated art. <laughs> yes. And it's scary because, you know, there was an experiment, I think NFT now did like, you know, the AI generation equivalent to the top collections. Mm-hmm. And ironically, they're better looking than the originals, right? So that's hard to even like, like I'm talking about aesthetic values. Obviously, oh, yeah. you cannot remove the trust in the blockchain and the community, right? But like aesthetically, it's like incredible. Like it just disrupts a lot of industries. But Obviously, it's a big topic, so we're not going to go too too deep right now. Um, you know, I'm just curious. Like, can you take us to this, like, back to this aha moment when you were a leading voice in the Web three community, host, renowned NFT and chill podcast, truly grasped how NFTs, like, you know, were about to reshape the entire Web three space. What was it for you? That's a great question. So, I mean, really, like. It, it's the technology behind it. Um, you know, when I look at the the dollar, let's say, you know, paper money, it just seems like every day it depreciates and it just becomes more obsolete. And just the fact that, you know, if you lose your wallet with all your money in it, you're never going to get that back. So it's stuff like that 
to where like digital currency and, you know, like Ethereum and Bitcoin and all of this, it's definitely the wave of the future and NFTs go right along with that. Um, you know, instead of going to the store, like when, when COVID was happening, you know, people couldn't go out, people were getting sick. We're, we're kind of in another wave of that now. I mean, we, we, with the metaverse itself, you know, you could do virtual shopping with the metaverse. You can, you know, talk to people. It brings the world so much closer. Like I've, I have so many friends from all over the world now because of the web three space and NFTs and, and, and web three. So, yeah, I mean, it's just this, the sky's the limit and it's the technology behind it. That was really like kind of the ah moment for me. So before we jump to the questions from the audience, I'll have last bonus question. So um, really quickly, what is so far is the most exciting integration of NFT uh, that you've seen, like implementation in real life that you actually would use? So I've had a number of people on NFT and chill where we've talked about some really incredible use cases. Um, there was a medical professional that was talking about it's uh, and, it, and what i was talking about earlier it was called the soulbound token mm. so what soulbound does is it it's basically a document that can't be changed and it's issued by the issuer so like it'd be like you know birth certificate stuff like that mm. now you know with let's say you go in for a you know like a blood test or you're in a cancer study or a blind study, um, you know, you don't get to benefit from a lot of what happens with those studies. And she was talking about how NFTs and, you know, blockchain technology can make it so if you're in a blind study and something comes up and you might have cancer to where if, it was attached to you like digitally, you would end up finding that out. And like we're as these studies are right now, people people don't. And, you know, these medical companies like Pfizer and all these companies, they get the sole benefit from, you know, the vaccines and all that testing. So that was one thing. Um, there was also another project that did this uh it was a portal so they had a like a portal set up in in europe somewhere and it was you know like a physical portal to where when you looked through it you got to see into another city like from halfway around the world and it was connected through nfts and that was actually really cool and they had like a discord set up so it, it, there's there's a lot of like interesting stuff out there, but I think that's what we need to do. We need to be more innovative when it comes to Web3 and when it comes to NFTs, and it has to be practical to where people can use it. 100%, I agree with that. Um, so we uh, opened the community like in part and uh, thanks for, for this segment, right? And obviously we wanna also allow our community to ask you more questions. So go right straight forward to it. So a uh, question from YouTube, Moxie is asking, so your podcast covers a range of topics within NFTs. Is there a subject you're hesitant to tackle and why? 
So hesitant. We have covered basically everything. I mean, we've we've really started hitting on artificial intelligence of late. Um, as far as hesitant, I mean, some of these lesser blockchains, I guess you would say, um, you know, I don't want to like crap on a blockchain right now and like affect the market. But, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of some blockchains, you know, uh, let's just I'll just say that. And um, so sometimes I don't cover a lot of these lesser blockchains because you never know what's going to happen. And I don't want my viewers to fall into a rug. So I try and keep my viewers as safe as possible while being as decentralized as possible. Um, so basically, yeah, I, I would just say that, like, I'm not going to have someone come on and promote a garbage coin, I Got guess it. you could say, or so, a rug. So highly vetted projects only. Got it. Yeah. Um, question from Twitter from the We the Traders. Uh, Ty, considering the 41% drop in NFT trading reported by Alchemy recently, do you think we're entering an NFT winter and are we all NFT OGs now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were if you were trading during the last couple of years, you're definitely an OG. Um, as far as a winter goes, you know, there was a boom and then, you know, the saturation happened. Um, really, we're just kind of waiting for the next big thing to happen. Um, and as far as, you know, cryptocurrency goes, I mean, it ebbs and flows. Um, it's It comes in cycles. Uh, we're very early. You know, a lot of this stuff, it, it, we're so early right now. If If someone from... Idaho, who is in their 50s and 60s, can't use this technology safely and simply, then it's going to be difficult for it to be mainstream. So we got to figure out ways to make it safe. And we have to figure out ways to educate people on it. Correct. That's, I couldn't agree more. Um, there's a question from LinkedIn. Um, Jeremy, uh, oh no, sorry, Elite NFTs asking, Andreessen Horvitz multi-billion funds generally include NFTs. So mm -hmm. in, I guess he's meaning that in, in their investment thesis, they also invest partially. Yes, yes. Although we have to double check that because it's not clear whether they're back in the infrastructure like marketplaces or like directly deploying to NFTs. That I'm not sure. Would it break the market if A16Z wouldn't invest directly in NFTs? I, I guess that's the question. So, yeah, I mean, definitely when when you see whales or, you know, hedge funds pull out or or they don't buy an asset, it, it definitely will affect the, the value or, or the drive of the, of the money flow for sure. Um, I know during especially like the boom you know, that summer of 2021, there were companies that were investing in NFTs to diversify okay. their portfolio. Um, they were holding CryptoPunks. They were holding, you know, all sorts of them. Um, I, I do want to mention that, you know, through all of this, we've seen the board apes go down, you know, very heavily in price. But like Pudgy Penguins is a great, um, example of a project that became innovative. Um, they started coming out with action figures and plush toys. They moved to something more tangible, more practical that, and started driving it to, you know, a different audience. You know, that's, 
Agreed. These NFT projects need to be run like a business instead of um, a clubhouse or a project. Yes, 100% agree. There's another question from LinkedIn. How are businesses, uh, so Manuel is asking, uh, how businesses adopted NFTs to create new revenue streams as of now, especially in the context of 2023? Creating new revenue streams for for companies like 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 Gap and stuff like that? I think, yes. Like, for example, like if a company wants, like a traditional company wants to add additional revenue stream and they're looking into NFTs, how that okay. can be. So, I mean, we've seen it over the past year to where, like I mentioned, Gap and, and other like big name brands have issued these special edition NFTs to for as a membership uh, program, like a rewards program, you know, things like that. I mean, th that is what we've seen so far. Um, you know, I, I don't have an NFT project. I've never created one. Um, right now, I... I help build communities i i consult on you know blockchain technology but as far as that like right now these companies that are looking to get into web3 or and carve out something you know to get ahead of everything you know they're doing memberships they're doing reward programs um you know disney's doing like you know the special edition stuff it's things like that collectibles all right, so question from YouTube. Um, so Vasco is asking, the SEC's recent scrutiny on DeFi projects has implications for NFTs. What's your take on it and, and what do they want from us? <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, it goes back to safety. Um, you know, the, it, it's a double-edged sword. Like we, we are decentralized. We don't want anybody coming in and telling us what to do and all of that. But at the same time, if someone gets their wallet hacked, if, you know, what was there, 500 million, a billion in crypto in the last year was was stolen? Oh, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Unfortunately. Yeah. The worst part about it is we don't blame the hackers. We don't blame the criminals. We blame the regular people who get who get their money stolen in, in Web3. And that has always rubbed me the wrong way because it's self-custody. But, you know, we need to start making this a safer place. We need to start going after the people that are stealing hardworking people's um, their money. And, you know, when, once it becomes a safer place, it becomes, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, like, I was, it's interesting. Uh, I was reading yesterday a report by Munify, like, about the crypto losses. As of now, in August 2023, already $1.2 billion were stolen. Yeah. Uh, and it's insane. Like, I think Nobody's convicted. It. Nobody talks about the people exactly. stealing the money. They're and not the, the, vilified. And there's two things like where major happening. One is hack and one is a fraud, right? You know, mm -hmm. so those are different and I would really differentiate them. Like some some people get hacked and it's just really hard because, you know, the hackers are very sophisticated. They may be somewhere in North Korea, Russia, I don't know, many other places and you cannot get them. Whereas a fraud is when a, like founders, you know, doing a very egregious like rock pool or other things, right? And that's where I think the you would want to seek the protection right that's what you were talking about yeah i, I mean I, I would like it you know 
to be all around. I mean, I'm very for decentralization like that. Is, that is why I got into this. But, you know, when somebody gets all their NFTs or all their crypto hacked and, you know, everybody in the discord or everybody on Twitter is blaming them. Yeah, it might have been their fault. It might have not been their fault. Some of these hacks are so sophisticated, you know, they can't be protected against. And nobody even says, like, anything about the person who stole the money. So I, that has always rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. Exactly. By the way, there is there is a fun question, which is, uh, uh, I guess, from a person who's more attentive. So the, the Flame is asking, like, from YouTube, like, what is this boardfish mafia on the wall? Looks like you're using subconscious tactics. <laughs> it's uh it is the first project that I got involved in. It's it's one of the very early NFT projects. Um you know, it came out a few months after Board API Club and yeah, it's just it's something that's always dear to my heart. The ones in the middle are actually my podcast. Um uh, an artist actually did that for for the show so and then the other one's the cover art one of them's me so yeah and another fun questions from web3 which <laughs> you <laughs> interviewed a variety of guests on your podcast what's the most surprising thing you've learned about web3 that's a great i mean we've had um so many guests uh the most surprising thing that i've learned that's a tough question. Um, I mean, honestly, that portal thing kind of blew my mind. Um, you know, that's something you don't hear about every day. I don't know how they're doing. I should check up on them. Um, there was also another project, 400 Drums. I mean, I like the, the little projects that nobody ha has heard of. Um, that was a project from uh, from Canada um, where it's the, the the native people there had kind of band together and created this this project where they're ceremonial drums that they make and they made them into nfts and it's it's a very it's a very awesome project and what i learned about it is that um in canada the the native people there are kind of not treated as as great by the government and i really didn't know that being from america and how we we have treated up <laughs> but i didn't know that canada was kind of a similar way and they were very oppressed um so yeah that was what surprised me just people meeting people from all over the world that's what web3 is about yeah bringing them closer people surprise us every day like you know in a good way and sometimes in a bad way so that's yeah. part of life <laughs> starfield sure. uh, is asking what's the most challenging aspect or of discussing nfts in web3 on public platform like a podcast so yeah, I mean that's a great question. I have spoke at conferences all over the world at Web3 conferences. You know, I was in London last year for the NFT summit. Uh I've been to Decentral in Miami back-to-back -back years, NFT NYC. Um I've spoken on stage at all of those about Web3 and I've done it on podcasts. I've been a guest on probably 18 different podcasts and I would say speaking to the audience that is actually trying to learn something because they don't know like the real the new person who's never heard of nfts who doesn't know what web3 is that doesn't know what blockchain technology is or cryptocurrency 
that is probably the most difficult thing. Like when you ask me to break it down simply for someone who doesn't know, because mm. I've been so entrenched in it for years, that's the most difficult thing for me. But I, I do my best. <laughs> it's like Einstein principle, right? Is if you know something really well that you will be able to do like explain it in a nutshell to a five-year-old you know yeah. child so that's that's i i 100 agree with you this is one of the most challenging but that's when you know that you you're there right you know that you yeah. can to a very very different audience whether i myself spoke to people like from wall street who are like 60 plus you know like and 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 also they're very skeptical it's one approach when a person is open-minded and it's a very different approach when a person is by default is skeptical and you still have to present to them because that they have their own quota and you have your own quota. So it's, <laughs> you have to meet in the middle. This is fun. Yeah. It's, I mean, basically what you have to kind of think in your mind is if you're sitting next to somebody in an airplane and you were looking at NFTs on your phone and they asked what that is, that is kind of what the mindset I get into. Like, Yeah. And there's a funny episode. I remember who was in uh, Joe Rogan was interviewing someone and he was like, he would like his question was very like pertinent. He's like, why can't you just do a screenshot? It's the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so, see, I, that, that's, you know, the screenshot debate. The popular misconception of what very misconception. And, and, and this is, a, by the way, it's a very reasonable question from a person who is like learning about it for the first time. Right. So yeah. there you have to go and be patient, respectful, etc. 100% agree, Ty. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that we can talk about it like for hours and hours. Like, But as you know, our format is about like only 30 minutes or straight to the point. And we want to have you more. I really appreciate your wisdom and what you're doing for the industry. So thank, thank you. you so much. Um, yes. And uh, hopefully like some point we'll be on your podcast as well. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to have you guys on. This has been incredible. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, on the show. I, I really appreciate it. It's an honor. Thank you. For, and thank you for our community, right? You know, thank you for everyone for joining Bullcaster today. I'm sure if you have more questions, you can find Ty on Twitter, like now, sorry, x.com, right? Yeah, x. <laughs> <laughs> or many other platforms. Uh, he'll gladly reply to you. And we'll see you in about two weeks. Uh, so about 12 p.m. EST on YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live, and x.com Live. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Stay posted for more episodes from Bookcaster. 